1: Not joined today by Moira Karatai because she's busily handing a doctorate in. But I am joined by Steve King in Dunedin. Kia ora, Steve.
0: Yes,
1: where are you, Steve?
0: I am um, in my work bubble today for the first time in about three weeks, and it feels a little bit strange, I have to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, where do you work?
0: I'm um, I'm. Uh, Humanitarian Development Engagement Manager for Red Cross, which basically means I look after the building here, and I fix the toilets when they break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what's it been like going back under under Level Two? We've had Level Two before. Could you remember what to do?
0: Yeah, it's a little bit different. We've got um, it's it's you know a lot of our uh, protocols are the same. The big difference, I guess, is that there's a bit more of an emphasis on um, mask wearing, particularly when we're dealing with the public. Um, But within our own sort of work bubble, it'll be pretty much um, as it was in the last level two. It's just something that we've just got to do, you know, and and get through, and hopefully we will bring us all back to level one at some point, and then hopefully level none eventually.
1: Did that work carry on during lockdown?
0: Um, yes, there, there was. There's always something to do. You know, you've got ongoing administrative stuff. Um, we deliver meals on wheels in Mosgiel, and we deliver meals on wheels in Belkluta. Um, and so we had to kind of make sure those volunteers were resourced and with our migration programs supporting former refugee communities and. Um, Helping people find work—that's that kind of stuff carried on in the background as well.
1: How are those communities getting on during lockdowns? I think
0: I think the biggest um, the biggest challenge has been the Afghanistan situation, and um, that has presented some. Um, you know some some stress for, for, for people who may still have family back there and so we have a support a response group set up to help support those people and to help reconnect them with their families if they if, you know, help try to reconnect with families that they've lost touch
1: how did you get into working with the red cross
0: um Simple answer: I needed a job, and <laughs> I like the organisation, obviously. And I've, um, I, I was quite excited about the opportunity. So I've been here five and a half years now. It was just a, a, a vacancy that came up within the organisation, and um, I applied and was, I was, I was not successful straight away. I think they, they offered it to someone who didn't want it, and then they decided they didn't want to, really inter- you know, to offer it to anyone else that interviewed. So they. they I think they must have randomly shuffled the applications and pulled mine out from halfway down the pile. (laughs) (laughs) But you're enjoying it? It's great. I love it. Yeah, it's a a great place to work, great people to work with. And, um, yeah, I think it's good to work for an organisation that sort of matches your um, own kind of personal ideology and, and that sort of thing, yeah.
1: So you' were, you almost joked that it came from the chance that you you got a job at, at Red cross but you're saying there that it comes from your your own ideology and 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 passions where does that come from what's the drive
0: i don't know i don't know if you even call it a dri- i suppose there's a drive um i just you know i've i've um always been a person that's valued equality and equality of opportunity and um, fairness and I think that um, those values are, are important. Um, one of the things that, that um, uh, the, working with Red Cross has allowed me to do is to work across a whole lot of, um, a, a quite a diverse range of people and one of the things, one of the projects that's been sort of closest to my heart really has been we in, with the um, resettlement program of, of uh, former refugees and with the um, increased migration to Dunedin itself, just from a lot of people from all around the world over recent years. We've really grown as a city and quite, quite a diverse city now. Quite, we look quite different from what we did about 20 years ago. and. Um, so we're involved in a program with the Uru Marae and the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council. Um, Churches welcome refugees and um, a few other people, the Refugee Support Group. And we, um, with the support of the City Council, who provided funding, we hold Porfriti for former refugees and all migrants. And we've been running this them about three or four of them a year since about 2018. And they're just wonderful uh, cross cultural celebrations um, where everyone's cultures are upheld and um, we hear people speaking in different languages and it's a great celebration of, of um, tolerance and, and inclusiveness. And, um, you know, after the mosque attacks a couple of years ago, which um, was, was a real low point, um, and we still see kind of a residual um, you know the residual the, the hatred a lot of the time of, of people who are a bit different, or and um, we just think that this is really important that we we uphold and promote those values of tolerance and diversity and um, acceptance. So um, it's really great to be part of that.
1: Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Dave Kilgore's. Looks like I'm running out. Why this?
0: Well, I, I just love the heavy eights and. Um, Dave Kilgour is a Dunedin music icon and uh, this is and that's great that he's still still playing music and making music and this is accompanied by a lovely um, video. If you can find it on YouTube, watch it. It's just it features some local surfies and local surfing beaches and it's just it's just got a lovely, lovely vibe about it.
1: Did I see that during the first lockdown? You set up a an ecology action group.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was this another one of my little passions. <laughs> my wife was in obsession, but um, <laughs> I live in we, we live in Saint Clair, and in Saint Clair, there's um, a, a special little spot that is a happy place for a lot of people, and it's a it's second beach, and you walk past the saltwater pool around the corner, and it's an old quarry. And um, recent years, there's been um, a lot of regrowth of just native vegetation, but there's also been all the weeds and a lot of pests, you know, animal pests have taken up residence. So um, yeah, we formed a group under lockdown last year. We, we're all local St. Clair people. We have got an agreement with the City Council Parks team to go in there and um, do a bit of weeding do a bit of um, predator control, and do some planting. So um, once a month we meet on a Sunday morning and uh, we just have a blast. It's just great.
1: Was it coincidence that that happened during COVID or, or was it the the fact that you were locked down, roaming around in your neighbourhood, that it, <laughs> it became obvious it was a need?
0: Probably a bit of both. I'd actually already started in secret. I, I, w- I, would, I would go around there um, on my own um you know in the weekends and in the early mornings and sort of pull out weeds, convolvulus and ivy and stuff like that. And then I thought to myself, I need to I need I need help. So I talked to the guys at the city council and we went had a walk through, a walk around, and talked about what we should do next. And they said, well you just have to go and set up a group and then come back and talk to us. So that's what we did. And it's going well? It's just fantastic. Yep. Yeah, that's great. We, um, we've taken out about 23 possums since November last year. We've uh, taken out a number of rats. We've um, removed lots of blackberry and ivy and convolvulus, and we've planted about 150 um, trees and shrubs and ferns and things like that. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's just it's just a really really good positive thing to do, and we're um, we we're restoring the the biodiversity there by planting. A range of, of plants that would be found in an Otago typical Otago kind of coastal location, yep, yeah, so hopefully we see more bird life and um, more insect life and all that sort of thing
1: it 's good that that 's happening on that sort of coastal the coastal ecosystem because that 's one of the ones that 's been the most affected by by people on our insistence on on farming and quarrying and and cities, so it's and draining swamps and that sort of stuff. So it's it's good to see that that's happening in the city, and it's recovering in an old quarry. What do you see as its long term future?
0: Uh just um, we're not really kind of uh, haven't got really really high high hopes to you know to, for anything too grand. We just want to see a nice patch of. The, um, native vegetation, you know, maturing nicely with, with with a thriving bird population and no pests to to interfere with
1: them. I really like the sign that used to be on the Karori Wildlife Sanctuary that said, "Welcome to our five hundred year project." But yeah. It's nice to do that sort of thing. That you're thinking, if we can get this right, this this could be setting it up for a long time
0: indeed that's right and we know that none of the trees we you know we won't grow to see we won't live to see the tortoise grow you know to, to maturity but um it's just a, it is a good thought to think that you're doing something for the future
1: is that second beach path open it was closed for the longest ever time
0: it was closed when um there were a couple of slips there was a big rain event in 2017 and so it was it was closed for about two years and um that was when a lot of the Weeds and the animal pests really got got established, you know. But it's great now.
1: But you, you, we, you can get in there now and you can do this. What can people do to help? Um,
0: we've got a little Facebook group if they want to join us. It's Fakahikaro Second Beach Ecology Action. Um, they can just wander around probably and find us on the third Sunday morning of ev- if every month if they wanted to. Um, you know, get in touch.
1: Was it something that you could do during this lockdown? I suppose you're allowed to go for a walk, but not allowed to do anything while you're on the walk.
0: Fortunately, under levels four and three, no, they they don't want you volunteering in their reserves because I, I guess that's a a safety thing. If you had an accident and you're on your own or whatever, you know that just they just don't want people in a situation where they might need emergency services. <laughs> But you're allowed to
1: surf in level three,
0: yeah. I know, I know, but no, we, we weren't allowed to go and, um, and, and trap awesome. Bubble sprite of the forest of Orakanui, Dinan's favorite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie.
2: Kia ora koutou, na mahi ki kia koutou, I hope you're all having a best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together, is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you are. The triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here, making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us, we've had a very challenging time over the last more than a year being part of this show has helped me enormously in that time I'm so grateful to Sam and the whole Blowing Bubbles team for having me thank you and to all of you for being part of this show I'm so grateful thank you so here we are in level two and it is Delta Level 2, but here we are in Delta Level 2 in Aote Port Dunedin, and I'm just so grateful to every single person in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and every single person around the whole world for helping us to get to this point. Here we are, co-evolving with all life in an infinite web, learning from each other, growing together, transforming together, and now we can be freer together again, which is so wonderful. And yesterday was the first day of Delta Level 2. And I just spent the whole day in this state of complete rapture and bliss to be free and be able to go out into the wider world and see people again and interact with people again. And even if we were all wearing our masks, we were still smiling at each other. And even if we were having to not hug as much as we would normally like which is a lot if you're me could do psychic hugs we could do the elbow taps so all of these seemingly small things of course to me make such a huge difference as someone who really thrives on the immediate and the real the interaction between people and interacting with people and and seeing their ahua they're beautiful self and attitude and energy in real life is a huge thing for me and it was wonderful to be able to do that again so I really hope that for you you're having the opportunity to interact with people that you love and that you care about such a huge part of who we are as a species and of course the other aspect of being free again was being able to go to the sea again And this is a huge thing for me because I love the sea and being able to hear the sea and see the sea and smell the sea and go for a wee paddle and just really immerse myself in that really nourishing environment was so, so therapeutic and healing for me. Having been cooped up at home, even though I had a positive time being at home, just not being able to access my favourite places and my favourite activities was very hard. So... I hope that for you, you're enjoying this time of reuniting with those aspects of yourself that haven't been able to be fully actualized in this time. And I really hope that you're drawing sustenance from the experiences that now that we are back out in the world again, and there are, of course, some adjustments that we're having to make. It's so refreshing, it's such a relief to be able to reunite with our beloved wider world. And I think as a species, we're so used to moving about and adventuring and exploring and hunter-gathering and I'm talking to you from the Mida 10 car park and I see lots of people coming and going very happily with their trolleys and their masks and the ability to be able to go out and get what we want and get new things these are all very exciting things and of course it's wonderful that the op shops are open it's wonderful that all of these local businesses are open and people can be doing what they love and creating what they love other people to enjoy so i really hope for you 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 are making the most of this newfound freedom if we you are you're still in a lockdown state i apologize but i hope that we will get back to as close to that previous life as we can and i'm sure we will i believe in us and i look forward to talking to you thanks so much you're
1: listening to blowing bubbles or talking with steve king Steve, you mentioned before about the impact of the situation in Afghanistan on people in the the migrant community and the the, the former refugee community, and that mixed with things like the the attacks, the, the, the March um, attacks, and loading on top of that, COVID. Do you have to work to maintain a a sort of a positive vision of the future? I can imagine it would be really easy for that sort of stuff to really close in on someone.
0: Um, that's a really, really big question. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we were discussing about, I was discussing this with my wife about the, um, the whole COVID the lockdown thing. And in level four, there's a, there's a stress that you have to manage um, because you're aware that it, there is a, 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 a plague, you know, that, that will hit the wall. But you're kind of safe in a sense because you're locked away from it. But when you go back into level two, there's another whole set of stressors because you're thinking, you're, you have to manage, you know, am I doing this right? What, what can we do? What can't we do? Um, it is a challenge sometimes. And, um, you know, I think that there are things that we can do to help that, um, and you know, remaining physically active is really important. I find, you know, I I, I don't want to get stuck in front of a screen. I want to um, get out and poke around in the garden, have a scratch around, go for a walk, um, talk to people, just um, try and focus on those on those things that I can be grateful for, you know, and the things that I can be grateful that I live in a. In a, in a wonderful country um, where we've got good leadership that is doing the right thing. And, you know, we are okay, even though when I sort of think about it, there's a lot of people for whom that, ex- that they don't have that experience, but um, I'm grateful for what we have, even though the challenges are there to manage all the other stuff.
1: Why do you think that the messaging from the government has been so successful in New Zealand. Almost every other country in the world, they you, you just hear bad things about the the messaging around the COVID pandemic for, about from the government. But here, it's 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 mostly good. It's, yeah,
0: it's, it is, it, it is I think the consistency has been um, a big part of it. You know, we've we've had united um distinct consistent messaging from um leadership and uh, there hasn't been sort of denial about it or um half-hearted measures i think people have understood that it's it is a thing it's a threat and it's something that we have to um
1: you know take strong action against why do you think the be kind messages resonated so well
0: I think I think the be kind message is about acknowledging that it is stressful for people and you know it's important not to add to that stress you know to to be good to each other and just realize that that other people might not have the, the 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 good sort of um, the positive environment that, that that I might hit. You know, other people's situations might be
1: much more challenging. So, yeah, be kind. At the start of the pandemic, the Secretary of Education, whose name completely escapes me, I'm going to say it's Iona Halstead or something like that, said when she was being questioned about sending laptops out to to lower decile schools and was questioned about it. She said that a pandemic doesn't create inequities, it just reveals them.
3: Mm.
1: Do you think that, they, that the pandemic has had an unequal effect on people?
0: I certainly think it, 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 it does exacerbate difficulties people who, whose lives are already challenging. And um, it's, you know, so I think I was talking with um, one of my colleagues in another organisation, and uh, they were saying that the you know, domestic violence and stuff is, is up more in this pandemic, in this lockdown. So, you know, some people are dealing with, with big things already in their life, and um, I think the pandemic does exacerbate
1: those those negative things, for people. So a big part of that is what acknowledging, we have to acknowledge those things, but also maintain that positive framework, I suppose. We don't want to be deluded. The theme of this show is positive, but not deluded. We don't just want to pretend that those things aren't happening, but we still want to have a, a positive view of the future.
0: That's right. And we've got to model it in our own lives. You know, we've just got to make sure that we we, we be the best that we can be and try and promote those positive values.
1: Let's play the second of your music choices. Let's have a Jackson Brown before the deluge. Why this?
0: Um, when I was much younger, <clears throat> I, I used to lie in bed at night and listen to Jackson Brown with the lights out. And um, they were sort of formative years, but this is this is a song about, um, it's a, sort of an apocalyptic song. It's about... The end of the earth, basically, and it was it's prescient because it speaks about environmental issues that we are going through right now, and it was written back in about 1970. So, um, yeah, it's one that I've always loved, and uh, I'm glad that you're playing it. Thank you.
4: the deli the final hour And when the sand was gone and the time arrived In the naked dawn only a you survived And in an attempt to understand the thing So simple and so huge believe that they were meant to live After the day It's high
1: If we seem to have dodged the end of the earth with this <laughs> this pandemic, but what do you think we can learn from the pandemic and the pandemic response for those the bigger sorts of questions that we face, whether it be climate change or, or social injustice on a large scale, biodiversity collapse? Can, can we take some positives from it, or take something, some action points from it? It's
0: another big question. I just think we've got to do what we can. You know, we, we just we may not have all of the answers, but we've got to at least try. We, you know, I hear people saying, "Well, New Zealand is such a small contributor to, to global emissions," and and that is probably true. But we have a role to play, and one of that one of those roles can be in um, leadership and showing, leading by example, showing what can be done, and um, you know, we we
1: we have to we have to try. That's all I would say. We've seen lots of changes in society over the last year and a half. What do you think is going to stick, and perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Changes in society. Yeah. So beyond the beyond the fact that we've all learned how to to use video conference do you think do you think bigger things have changed well
0: i think the um yeah i think there has been a a shift i think there's been more of um people are more inclusive in general i think and that that goes also with um acknowledging our our bicultural heritage and having the Treaty of Waitangi um, a central part of who we are as a people, I think there's been a bit of a shift, and particularly amongst younger people, and there are more people learning te Reo, and people are um, looking at our colonial past in ways that that we haven't always done before, and I think that's really healthy. I think it's um, good to, to, you know, we, we, think the history syllabus has been um, redesigned for high schools so it's a much more honest way of looking at how we got to where we are now and um, I, i'm uh, I'm feeling optimistic uh, about us as a nation for that reason and I, i'm uh, really enjoying um, that that journey for me has been it's a, been a good one to So, I think that's important. And I think, yeah, the learning to technology is is good too because it it increases our choices, doesn't it? So, we we know we don't always have to travel and we don't always have to, um, you know, emit carbon into the atmosphere. We can have a talk over over, over on a digital platform and still achieve the same results.
1: Have you got small children at home?
0: Do I? No, that's a very complimentary thing to say. No, I'm I'm one year off off um, becoming a super-renew We we've got small grandchildren, and they uh, they bring us lots of joy as well.
1: How are they going?
0: They're, they're great. They're a great bunch, and um, that's been helpful. As you just mentioned, you know the, uh, the Zoom thing has been really helpful to be able to connect with them, even though we haven't been able to visit yet. And going back off to school today mm, yeah, yeah. Parents, have been happy. <laughs> parents have done it hard you know with um, kids at home I have to say it's been a big challenge for a lot of parents
1: I have some questions to end the show with what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years
0: I I would I would those two things we talked about earlier, I would say personally, for me, the thing I celebrate most is um, the, the Porphyry project and you know, the Second Beach project. I, I'd put those two up there for me personally as the things that I would celebrate most in my life, um, in terms of achievements, I suppose. They're not my achievements, you know, they're just great things to be a part of.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: it's something that we can share with uh, with other people.
1: So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. And heroes are most definitely allowed to be part of things. They don't have to be the only ones doing things. So you are in that team. What's your superpower?
0: Persistence. Why is that? Well... You know, I think just because what you want doesn't happen straight away, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, you know. So, um, and I loved it too in the Olympics when, um, was it Emma Twig, the, the rower? Um, she got her first gold, you know, and she that's what she said. She said persistence beats resistance, and I just thought, excellent. Love
1: it. Do you consider yourself to be an activist?
0: An activist? I suppose I am. I try and be a positive activist.
1: So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
0: Um I get up to make coffee for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> What motivates uh, me? Now, and you know, um, I, um, I don't know. I don't know what, what it would be. I think to me, it's just important that we try our best to be, be the best that we can be. I suppose. Now, that can sound awfully kind of corny and hokey, but I don't think it is really. You know, I think it's
1: important that we just give it our best shot. We have a rule that the first person that mentions a cup of tea in the morning has to be the one that gets up to make it. So it can get quite elaborate trying to get the other person to mention cup of tea.
0: <laughs> oh, we, we, don't have, we have a different understanding.
1: So what challenge are you looking forward to, or opportunity in the next year or two?
0: Um, I think... It's going to be a bit of an adjustment. Um, I'm. I, I think the thing that I'm looking forward to is having some choices around my time. I don't know how much longer I'll, I'll want to be working full time. So um, I guess I'm sort of looking forward to how I manage that. Um, yeah, that's probably a, about it. I, I would like to be. I would like to have more time to to be in the volunt- volunteer space. Um, but I'll probably keep working a little bit longer anyway because um, my wife is working and she's a couple of years younger than me um, so yeah we'll, we'll see how that sort of shakes down that's sort of an ongoing negotiation if you like you know about how we how we use our time
1: and if my parents are anything to go by retiring and then getting busier than ever
0: well, I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Although after COVID, after after the first big lockdown, they they stopped and said, actually, we don't need to be doing this quite so much. I think they're enjoying it a lot more now.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's there's the thing about the lockdowns. Even though they are um, challenging, it's it's not all bad. You know, there are positives to be taken from from them and. One of the positives is that you can have a think, you can have a pause and have a think about how, how you are spending your time. Hmm.
3: People, have,
1: it. people have talked about that, that pause and that return or regeneration or whatever it is. Are you thinking it's a return to a business as usual or are you thinking it's a something else?
0: Yeah. Um, what I'd hoped for, and we hoped for this after the, the first lockdown and it didn't happen, you know, when we saw those vast cities in China, they they paused and suddenly they had clean air and no pollution and things like that because it stopped. And I was hoping that we wouldn't see a return to business as usual, but we'd see a return to something different. Um, I, I don't know if probably too much to hope for a return to something different. I think that's kind of an incremental thing and we might get there eventually because we have to, because if we don't, you know, we're we're going to be in utter environmental devastation. So we have to, um, we can't go back to business as usual. We've got to look for more creative ways of doing things that are more sustainable and aren't going to harm our environment.
1: And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners?
3: <laughs> oh,
0: I'm not a great one for giving advice, to be honest. I
1: just think it's just important
0: that we, that we give it.
1: Steve, thank you very much for joining me.
0: Thank you, Sam. It's um it well, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity.
3: Nothing, nothing, no It's gonna stop it I know it Can feel No. to a man, and my memories in between, all of these, I would hope, my sons to see, him yeah. But them rules, they keep on changing, I'll be, f- if I'm gonna play that game, paid my juice was there on time, you give me them blues. listening to Blowing
1: Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Trinity Roots.
3: Talking
1: I'm Samuel Man in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin and I've been joined today by Steve King in Central Dunedin uh, That was Blowing Bubbles We hope you enjoyed the show